Okay, welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions Part 4. Today I have Leisha, who many people already know, runs um, David Bryant FC on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're not already following her, you should because she has a lot of great David Bryant content. So, uh, Leisha, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. You guys show them your David Bryan posters there. It's my little work corner. <laughs> my Jovi that? corner. Say that again? I said it's my little Jovi corner. Sure is. There's a lot of Jovi there, but that's okay. So, um, so you want to start talking about the fan club first? Yeah. Um, so, pretty much I started it. Um, over on Facebook in like 2016. Um, didn't really have like a huge following. And then, you know, it kind of spread to Twitter and then Instagram and the numbers just kind of blew up. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty much since the beginning, I've gotten the whole, oh my God, is this David? Oh my God, are you David Bryan? Is this really David Bryan? I feel horrible because I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> like, nope, <this> <laughs> but you got all things DB, row, So I got, I got all things DB. Yeah. I, on your, on your account. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you know, you provide a lot. Cause I, I think I, I think I found your account what last year and we started talking about a year ago yeah. and uh, I thought your site was really, cause I don't follow many fan pages. I just, I don't know. I should, but I don't. But I, I really liked yours, so I follow Thalia. So, but uh, what what got you into David Bryan? Like, why did he become your absolute favorite? Um, it was actually when I was uh, <coughs> um, a kid, maybe like four years old, and my mother got me into him. So she had all the Bon Jovi videos, and that's basically what I was raised on, and with. David, it was like the big lion mane hair. And I always thought he had like the coolest clothes. And it wasn't until I was older, it's like, oh, he actually makes music on his own. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And when you say about his own music, you know, you look at On a Full Moon and Lunar Eclipse, which some of the same songs from Full Moon is on Lunar Eclipse, but those albums are just amazing. You know, <laughs> They are. They are. Um, it really sucks because On a Full Moon had like some kind of failed distribution. Um, so it never got quite as big. But and even now copies go for like $60, $70. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, yeah. I think On a Full Moon was only released to Germany and Europe. I don't, I don't think it ever came out in America. No. But Lunar Eclipse did, and the sad part about Lunar Eclipse being released was around the same, because I think it came out six months after Crush, which was in December of 2000. So I don't think there was a lot of publicity for that because they were out promoting Crush and, you know, getting a tour started for that. So, but very underrated album, you know, just like, just like Richie's albums, you know, they're very underrated, but so the way it goes, I guess. But Which a lot of people don't know. Uh, David co-wrote most of the out um, Richie's first two yeah. solo albums. Yeah, I knew. I knew. Um, 
No, he didn't do any after. Okay, for some reason I thought he he also helped on aftermath, but that no, he didn't. No. Um, but you know, and another thing about on a, uh, I mean on a lunar, excuse me, I'm tongue tied there. On a lunar eclipse, is the version of in these arms. I actually love that version even a lot more than Bon Jovi's version on on yeah. Faith. You know, I just I love the way David sings it, and obviously you know this too that he. He co-wrote in these arms, mm-hmm. which is sadly the only song lyrically that he has wrote with John and Richie on. And uh, I just I love that version on Lunar Eclipse. And actually, um, I think credit-wise, he's only been given credit on maybe like three, four songs. Um, but I think Last Cigarette off a have a nice day um love lies and break out from their very first album yeah so he's written it he just didn't get the credit yeah and on the first album it's it's uh d rashbaum (laughs) that last name but you know back to last cigarette though on the have a nice day album have a nice day Uh, you know I, it was either that song or Novocaine that John was writing about his divorce. And I yeah. think, like I think David wrote um, part of that. And I don't think he got the credit that he deserved on it. I don't think he, I don't think he co-wrote the song and it was Novocaine. Um, but he was the inspiration behind it with yeah. his divorce from April. So, yeah. yeah. And because, um, a lot of people said that it was about Richie's divorce, but Richie didn't get divorced until during the Have a Nice Day tour, which is obviously right after the album was released. So right. like, I remember back then that was a big misconception. Everybody thought that song was about Richie's divorce. It wasn't. because. Yeah. And I mean, John had said that, you know, Richie and Heather were, were having issues too. Yeah. But no, it was, sadly, it was about David's divorce. Yeah. But I, both good songs, though. Yeah, um, but you know, and uh, the thing is too is after Richie's departure uh, in 2013, when they did this house is not for sale, you know, I, I think David got more room and more um, creativity for the album, which was really cool. I thought. Yeah, um, it, as he's said before, you know, he's saying all the backups, all the harmonies, um, and he he did have a much bigger um, input create creative input yeah. with it and then a lot of people don't know unless they've read um like read the captions for um like um david bergman's books um but for this house is not for sale david actually did the orchestration for the tour rehearsal oh really yeah john right. basically handed the reins over to him is that in the is that in the book Mm-hmm. I, I have the book. Yeah, there's, like, there's a picture of David like standing with his keyboards with his arms crossed, and it's actually part of the caption. Oh, okay. I'll have to look through my book later on. But you know, back to this house is not for sale album. You know, it was so good to see David have some more creativity, more input. You know, because like he said in, in the This House book, is that they all sat in the room creating those songs through a piano, doing a piano riff you know, a guitar with John Shanks and Phil. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, because, you know, as 
you already know, you know, David has a lot of talent, you know, and I know you haven't seen Diana yet, so I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought Diana was just incredible. Knowing that David composed all that music, even if I wasn't a Bon Jovi fan and David Bryan fan, I would still think that the music composure from that um, musical was amazing. Yeah. Um, the only two songs that I've heard are the two that they've actually released. Um, but uh, my dream would be to make it to New York after this whole quarantine yeah. virus thing is done to see that musical. Well, I told you when I went, you could have came with us and you didn't. I, I, know, I, I know you had a lot going on. My boss is a dick. He wouldn't have let me off to go Broadway. Well, uh, it was uh, the the whole musical was amazing. Um, you know, because I, I did you, obviously you've seen the other musicals, uh, Toxic Adventure and all that. Sadly, I was never able to go to those because I was in high school and college and was never able to. But what was Toxic Adventure like? What was your experience like that with that? Um, I really just saw like YouTube videos of it. I actually have not seen either musical. Oh. Um, but from the clips that I've seen, it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, but Memphis was by far the best, and I love musicals. That was by far the best musical I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I really want you to see Diana. See, we're hoping to go see it again this summer, um, during the MSG shows, but it's amazing, you know, how much love and um, what's the word I'm looking for kind of support that David has for the musical because you see that how much heart he's poured into it and it was kind of cool to see it come to life yeah so but, but um, it's, it's it's nice because and <laughs> a lot of people laughed at me about the song underestimated um, from Diana anytime I bring up it's like if you kind of think about it it kind of kind of it's a kind of a song that resembles david a little bit and being the underestimated member of bon jovi for all these years mm -hmm. and then finally having like his breakout on broadway yeah you know and if you if you think about it too you know look how much david adds to the band of, of bon jovi you know if you look back at a lot of the 80s bands there weren't a lot of bands that had keyboards. No, you know? it just wasn't a thing in the 80s. Yeah. It's all about the hard guitars and the drums. and Yeah, and I was glad that there are keyboards because if you, look, if you listen to a lot of those 80s songs, you hear a lot of David's parts. And, oh, yeah. And that's the thing that I love about this thing right here. I'm sure you have this too, the, the hot lip. I don't. You don't? I thought you did. No. Oh, you got to get it because uh, I'm sure you can see there's some of this on YouTube, I think, and on the Internet. But um, that was made back in 1987. And uh, you, you get to watch David play a lot of Prayer, uh, Wanted, and uh, Never Say Goodbye, a lot of the stuff from Slippery. And you just see how much composure, some, that, that's the right word to use, a lot of the talent he put into the Slippery album. You know, it's yeah. really cool, you know. So that's why I, I like watching David play solo sometimes at like little parties and events because you get to see how the song sounds through piano and 
stuff like that. Yeah. So. No, I don't have the VHS, but I got this. Yeah, it is cool. Yes. That, and he wrote your name. Yeah, he was, he was awesome and even personalized it. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, I don't know if I shared my experience with you in New York City when I got to meet him. Uh, have you met him? Not face to face. We've kind of, we've communicated off and on like through Instagram Messenger. Um, but yeah, not well, time to face yet. I'm sure David, you're David if you're watching. <laughs> well, I hope you're, you're I'm sure you're gonna get the opportunity someday. Like for me, I've been a Bon Jovi fan for 20 years. And as you know, I just got to meet him three weeks ago. And mm -hmm. it was an amazing experience because we went to New York City just for the day. And uh, I got lost in New York. And, uh, and <laughs> I get lost in New York, right? Is that a thing? <laughs> and uh, we were actually walking down the street where the play was at, the musical. And uh, Rachel, my fiance, hit me on the shoulder and she said, is that David? And I go, yeah, that's David. And uh, I actually caught him right when he was going in. And, uh, you know, I just went up to him and I, I was polite about it. And I said, hey, you know, I just... It means a great deal to be able to meet you. You know, huge fan, blah, blah, blah. And he was so down to earth and stuff. And I just asked for a quick photo. And he, he asked me if I was going to be there that night. And I go, yeah, some other Jovi friends and, and us, we're going to be here. And he goes, cool. I, I see you guys. I'll sign, some, some, um, sign your playbook and stuff. And little did he know, I actually uh, had all that. <laughs> you were prepared. Yeah. I brought... My first uh, Bon Jovi CD that started it all for me as a fan, uh, which is Crush, um, my one of my favorite pictures, and 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 his solo album. And uh, that night, uh, some Bon Jovi friends and I we were just hanging out uh, before the musical started, and he came uh, out of this whole group of people, and my actually my one of my Bon Jovi friends approached him, and he came over and he he remembered me from earlier, and uh, he was so nice he took photos with us he, he joked with us he signed autographs and uh, it was pretty cool um so it was cool to have that experience and i hope that uh you get that experience someday hopefully this year uh, i hope so it would, it would be great um but at one point um i want to say it was back in january or something i asked him it's like hey if i'm able to like get to new york would you maybe do an interview or something with me and uh he's like you know just let me know i'll see what i can do but obviously i'm not going anywhere now well you know may not be today but you know maybe i can talk to him to doing a skype call or something there you go that works too like i said david call me <laughs> technology these days really really can be a hassle though because um with recording and stuff, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to um, be able to re remember the moment. Yeah, you know, it's a good screenshot. What am I saying? But, um, oh, what else? I'm just like, no, man, you, you can sit there, no pants, do whatever you want. Just. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to see that, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know you, you and millions of other women. <laughs> but, uh, well, 
what's that set list be behind Jack? What show is that from? Oh, uh, I believe that's one you sent me. Oh, it is. Oh. It is. I got around to uh, framing that before I got around to framing the program. Ah, uh, but yes, that is from the Pittsburgh show. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I got. I love it. Yeah, I got two of those from the Pittsburgh show, so I figured, eh, I might as well send you one, and now you have it. So, did you like that little Allentown card? The, mm -hmm. I sent you that too, right, didn't I? Uh, yes. Yeah. I got a bunch of those in, uh, during the Allentown show two years ago, but... So, well, what else did you want to talk about? Favorite album? Probably These Days. These Days? I love These yeah. Days. It's, it's, such, it's so much of like a darker album than the other ones. I know. It, it, but it's... Go ahead. Oh, no. And yeah. Um, no, just with all the with the critics that said that you know it's a more mature album and everything it's yeah. like yeah except the band was in a really great spot at the time i know and that's the thing is that you 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 uh listened to or watched john's interviews back at that time and he says that's one of the most optimistic albums he's ever written and i'm mm -hmm. thinking have you read the lyrics <laughs> they don't seem very optimistic <laughs> to me but <laughs> You know what, though? I, I think it's one of those albums where it's like a Misery Loves Company album. And then you see the light at the tunnel yeah. with those songs, you know? So I think it's one of those kind of albums that, you know, like when I'm pissed off or depressed or, you know, just bummed. You know, I listen to that album and it, you know, weirdly enough, it makes me feel better, you know? Yeah. But, you know, my favorite song on the These Days album is probably Hearts Breaking Even. Yes. And uh, Hard Letting You Go. Well, I just love both those songs. I would probably say Hearts Breaking Even and um, Something for the Pain. Oh, I love Something for the Pain. I love it. I love it. The music video is so, so funny. Because what was it? There's like a gangster and a skater boy in a record yeah, store like a like a skater boy that you would think would listen to like the the what was it, the grunge punk music mm -hmm. and the grunge music you know like, he that's the kind of music he listened to and then he puts on headphones and he's listening to bon jovi yeah. you know so that was kind of funny but i think the actor that played that character was actually in the same video for uh lie to me which is also on the These Days album. I had to look into it. I think it was, though. I think it was the same guy. I'm not sure. But I will say, like, I write so much fan fiction. And that's, like, one of the top albums that I'll have playing. Yeah. It's Just such a... It's in that mindset. Yeah. It, it's such a, a great album. Um, the only song I don't... Well, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like it. I don't mind it, but it's not one of those things that I listen to a lot. It is a Diamond Ring. Which oh. is now, here's my thoughts on it. 
I like it because they actually wrote that song and recorded it during New Jersey. And uh, on the New Jersey box set that came out in 2014, they have yeah. a demo. And the demo has Tico's drums on it. And I just think with Tico's drums on it, it sounded so much better. So I prefer the demo version over the uh, These Days version. Yeah, it, it's not really a song that ever kind of caught my attention. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's more of just like a JBJ, Richie Sambora song, you know? I don't know. Like I said, I don't mind it, but it's not one of those songs that I go to, you know? I'm constantly surround. I'm I'm surrounded by friends that are, you know, John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, John Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's why I like talking to you a lot too, is because you have so much passion for David Bryan. You know, because you know David and Tico, they don't get as much recognition as they should. You know, like in the, in the media's eyes, it's all about John and Richie, and even with fans, it's all about John and Richie. You know, but you know, there's still a lot of other great musicians in the band, like Tico, David, you know, Phil, you know, Hugh. Yeah. So they deserve a lot more recognition than they get. But yeah, and that was one of the reasons that I started the whole fan club. Um, is you know, David, he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves mm -mm. you know especially like you know 2009 and earlier um later on he kind of does because of broadway and his musicals yeah. but before that it's like do you guys not realize that there's more than two people in this band exactly yeah but it's it's, it's a it's a and, you know it's, it's still like a lot of people you know, I think Bon Jovi is just John. You know, like like a lot of like a lot of my friends are like um, like people that I meet and stuff. You know, when we talk about Bon Jovi, they're like, "Oh, him, him, him." him. Like, no, it's they. Yeah, you know, it's them. Know, you know, the band is seventy five percent John. You know, it wouldn't be Bon Jovi without John. But still, you know, you wouldn't have the same style. You wouldn't have the same kind of group efforts as, if you didn't have David and Tico and. Richie and Phil. And, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've gotten into screaming matches with a couple of really dear friends. Julie, Erica, I love you both. But holy shit. We have gone into just nasty debates about when Richie left. and. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I didn't want to cut you off there. Go ahead. No, it's, it's like, dude, uh, my opinion, Richie left the band. He abandoned them on tour. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, and David, he was the one that stepped up. He was the one that filled that create uh, creative and emotional gap yep. that was left. Yeah. And I thought that brought John and David a lot closer. At least you can see it. You know, I think they've gone a lot closer. Yeah, and then, and then people who say, you know, oh, Richie, please come back to the band. Please come back to the band. He's not yeah. coming back to the band. No, he, and, he's not. And you know what? No one deserves that spot on guitar in the band more than Phil. 
No, that's, that's, that's my Phil, personal opinion. Phil kicks ass. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I love Richie, and I always respect what he did from '83 to '13. But you know the way that he left, you know, just it took me so many years to get over it and find peace. Last year, I finally found peace with the whole Richie leaving thing, and you know, I love Richie's solo music, and you know, I'll support him as a solo artist. But if you were yeah. to ask me who I prefer to have in Bon Jovi, it's Phil. You know, yeah, Phil's got energy yeah i mean he, you know and it's not like he ever tried to replace richie you know he adds so much creativity he has his own rendition his own creativity on these songs like keep the faith like i like keep the faith and i've always liked seeing it live but it was one of those songs where i didn't really care too much to see it and stuff but mm -hmm. like when i saw phil play keep the faith in 2011 2013 and the this house tour it's just amazing. I look forward to seeing that song now every show because it's just he's on fire and it, it, the band is so good. And I don't know. I I think the songs or the concerts are so much more fun with Phil and them. You know. Yeah. Um. And I had gone to uh, their St. Louis show in 2017 with my mom. I didn't pay the big money for like you know front row seats and. Yeah. whatever i got tickets behind the stage because it's an open state it was an open stage but i got them right in front of david's uh keyboards i'm like i don't need front row i'm happy right here <laughs> and it's like i got i got like a couple waves from him got a big old smile got some interaction and it was great it's like fuck i don't need front row for that yeah you know, some of those seats behind the stage are actually pretty cool because I like watching. Um, I haven't done those seats for a long, long, long time, but I like being behind the stage because you can see, like, what goes on behind the stage and stuff. Like, you see, like, the instrument techs and stuff working during and in between songs and stuff. And I also like to see John's interaction with the band, um, too, in between songs because, like, when the lights fade out, because I remember that was a big thing back in 2013. Uh, I'm a sucker for front row seats, and I'm one of those crazy fans that, that buys them. But I like being close. And I remember some of those shows in the Because We Can tour. Um, you could tell that John was pissed off at Richie quite a bit at some of those shows. You know, so oh, you knew there was something going on and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. That's just one example of why I like being close or being behind the stage because you get to see stuff that you wouldn't see if you were a few rows back or, you know, far away. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with me, I mean, I'm a bigger girl, but I love dancing my ass off. Right, that's okay. And I love watching David dance his ass. Off. And when he swings around between the keyboards, it's like, Oh, nice ass. Oh. Um, money well spent. Um, <laughs> But it, it, what I like about watching David during uh, the shows, and It's My Life is a perfect example. I love watching David play and sing. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing vocalist. He really oh, yeah. He's got a really powerful, soulful voice. Yeah, he does. And a lot of energy. And I just love it. You know, like, like we've said many times through this video, is that he's very underrated. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it's my life when they play it's my life live 
I just watched David through the entire thing because he's there's so much passion in that song from him. Yeah. And I was able to, um, I kind of asked him, you know, a couple questions here and there, but one of them was, what is your full vocal range? Like, what's the highest you can sing? That's a good and question. High tenor. Oh, wow. We're talking like the top notes in Living on a Prayer. Wow. That, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to see him sing Living on a Prayer in Pittsburgh when John was sick a few years ago, and that was so good. You know, a lot of fans were bitching after the show that they got ripped off because John was sick, but, you know, pathetic complaints. But I was so thankful because it was something different, and that mm -hmm. I got to see David sing Living on a Prayer. I've always wanted to see that. Yeah, and he's done it, you know, a half million times with karaoke in a bar but he's like half or full fully drunk yeah. uh, but there's one that i just found i'll have to send it to you um i think he was in saint bart's or saint tropez um singing living on a prayer at one of like the outdoor restaurants but the camera's right up to him and you can hear every note that man is singing Oh, you have to send that to me. I might have seen it, but you have to send it to me just in case. I'll have to send it to you. It is amazing. Wow. And then when he's saying in these arms and rocking Rio, that top note, he freaking hit it. Wow. I mean, I'm sitting here watching it like, yes. Like, hallelujah. Yeah, that's, 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 an, I've always, I want to see, like, I know he plays with Matt O'Ree quite a bit when he has time. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him in that kind of environment, you know, at the Stone Pony or, you know, stuff like you that. Wanna, you want to talk about Jersey Boy. That's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about this band, too, is I like seeing their solo efforts outside of the band. Mm -hmm. and it's like John has said in the When We Were Beautiful documentary, you know, seeing david's musical come to life you know it, it's amazing you know mm -hmm. seeing something that he does on his own that's outside of the band you know yeah you know, so you know that's why i wish tico was kind of tico stays pretty private but i wish there was like more that tico did that showed off his talent you know because he's a hell of a drummer he, i don't believe that he does Except really anything musically outside the band um, his is more like the painting and art. Yeah, and uh, golf. Oh, and, God. and then he had, a, I don't think he really does it much more. Uh, the, remember the rock star baby? Mm -hmm. Which was like a big thing during the Have a Nice Day and Lost Highway era, but it kind of faded off after the circle came out. But Yeah, it was kind of something that was, you know, kind of big when like Hector was born yeah you know he was in like promo shots with Tico and stuff but yeah I, don't, I, I haven't seen a whole lot come out from that clothing line yeah it was you know mainly for babies and stuff but I don't know Tico lives a pretty he's like the only one that doesn't have social media <laughs> <laughs> everyone else has social media except for him. even Hugh has social media <laughs> Hugh does, Hugh does have social media. He yeah. does. Mm -hmm. But yeah, another another one of the band that I wish was more in the spotlight, but leaves a pretty private life is Alec. 
Yeah. You, you, but I, I think he just kind of went to normal life after 94. I think he just kind of, because like you don't really see or hear about him. And then like he blew up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then you haven't heard about him since. Yeah. Um, it was kind of something that David talked about in a podcast. Um, I can't remember who it was with. But um, he talked about, you know, the guys, a couple of them going into rehab um, before Keep the Faith. And he said Tico went into rehab for his drinking and got with the program. And Alec didn't. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing, too. I have the magazine somewhere where he spilled his guts to the press. And he even admitted to it, you know, talking bad about John and stuff. And as you already know, you know, they like to keep everything tight circle, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, and then there's some music videos, or not music videos, but uh, live performances on TV where there's one where uh, they were playing Better Roses live. And uh, Alec made, I don't, I couldn't hear it, you know. You can't really tell bass in songs unless, you know, there's no other music around it. But that's just me. But I guess Alec made a mistake and like Richie, like, or uh, John looked at him and gave him the stink eye. And like, yeah. once you get that stink eye, boy. When, you know you have fucked up when you got the stink eye. You're in trouble after that song. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was sad to see, because he's the one member I've never gotten to see live, you know? I did. No, oh, don't, don't tease me. <laughs> but Every I'm serious. You know, I just, really? What, what, um, these Days Tour? Nope. Oh, no, it, he was on These Days Tour. I, that, that was after Crossroads. Um, when I was five, um, so we're talking... 91 um in portland maine and then when i was seven we me my mom and my cousin sherry went on um a keep the faith tour and we had two concerts there uh, philly and Groton, connecticut and we got to see them inducted into the spectrum wall of fame too wow yeah well i remember you showed me um pictures of when they were doing the fan club um that was cool when the fan club was actually like affordable yeah fan club is uh that's why people don't like me because i will call out bon jovi on bullshit <laughs> i think 90 percent of the fandom doesn't care about the fan club i i've been a fan club member since i got my first job when i was 16 so i've been a fan club member for 13 14 years mm-hmm. and the last three years i Every time I renew, I wonder to myself, why do I renew this? Yeah. What is the point? Yeah. You, you know, but. I'm just uh, thinking, David, start up your own fan club. Start it up. Better yet, pay me and I'll start it up. Well, the, the thing is, is that Mrs. B doesn't run it. And then Matt took over. And it was good when Matt had it. Yeah. But once band merch took over and it was out of any anyone's hands, even John's, it just yeah. went down, downhill. You know, like I remember every year you'd get like a rare item. Like I remember in 2012, every fan club member got a signed rare CD of him in the Star Starland Ballroom or however you call it. You know, and every year you got an autograph, you got good merchandise, and then 
But nowadays, you get like a little pin and a blanket you can get from the dollar store. You know, it's oh yeah, who Dollar Tree? What's that? I said who Dollar Tree? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it's just you know, it's not. It's no fault of the bands. It's not John's fault. It's 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 the company that runs it, Band Merch. They're just terrible. Yeah, and when Mrs. B ran it way back in the early nineties. You know, you'd get the magazines, I think, every month or couple of months. Yeah, it was every season because you got four a year. Yeah. And I loved reading through those because there's so much cool content. And it came from Mrs. B. It came from John. Mm -hmm. It was just so, like, you would find out things before anybody else did. You know, yeah. and not to anyone's fault, but now with social media... I mean, look at us, for example. We find out things before the band even announces it, you know? So, you know, how can you post something in the fan club before everyone else? You just, you can't. You know? Yeah. And that's, back then, that's, it was, it was newsletters and stuff. And Yeah. And that's kind of the shitty part about running a fan club is when you find something out, like, from, like, a band member. And it's like, fuck, I can't even share this with anybody. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's the worst part, but I mean. It's cool to know stuff too, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. It's good to kind of know some inside stuff and, you know, but you got to respect it and not say it to anybody. It's the. Uh, yeah. But, you know, like look at the fan club now. You get a, a pin and a lanyard and that, you know, and. For 60 bucks. You, yeah. You log into the fan club, there's like, it's like crickets. You know, yeah. even the fan club pre-sale for tickets is terrible. You know, so. What's with that? I mean, you're supposed to be able to get, like, you know, oh. front row and, like, a mm -hmm. discount and, you know, all this nice shit and just don't. No, when I did the pre-sale for um, 2020 tour, mm -hmm. I had to wait for, I had to keep refreshing for two hours before I could find really good seats. You know, you should have access, you know, the Chase, or what was it, American Express or Chase or whatever credit cards. American uh, company, Express. They had more better seats than um, fan club members had. Mm -hmm. And so it was just. That just uh, that just goes to show you, it's like, yeah, money does make the world go round. And. Sure, sure does. It's like, I remember being able to get, you know, Matt was kind of an asshole when I said it on Twitter, but I remember when you could get, you know, six row seats for like thirty, forty dollars. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> well, see, I really like Matt. I, he's he's actually a really cool guy, and uh, I like that he came on after the pre-sale and asked us how we felt about it and stuff. And mm -hmm. I think everyone was able to share their thoughts and stuff and I, I think things will be a little different on the next pre-sale you know Matt is a good guy you know he tries to help out fans as much as he can he he is he is um but I mean I I haven't even bothered with I didn't bother with pre-sale I didn't bother with sale you're better off with public on sale honestly because I bought my tickets on pre-sale and I got really good I got second row and eighth row center so i didn't do too bad but the day the tickets went on sale 
I saw that there was like a bunch more front row seats and a bunch more second and third row seats that weren't av- available on presale. So I'm yeah. like, what the hell's the point of doing presale these days? You know, because I every presale I always take the day off. To, you know, you have to. You know, and, it's like us gamers for like yeah. midnight releases. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like, why do I even do that now? Why don't I just take the the public on day on sale day? off you know the thing is though with the public sale that scalpers you know you know scalpers and Ticketmaster are working together and yeah but even now like with um Ticketmaster, StubHub, uh, Vivid Seat, SeatGeek the tickets they get divided amongst these vendors yep so it's like who the heck am I going to go to to get my front row tickets Exactly. Well, you know, these scalpers, they buy these tickets, say they buy a front row ticket for 1500 These scalpers are going to charge 6000 for the. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. and you know, Ticketmaster profits off of it and works with these right. scalpers. But, well, I think that um, leaves us there for, we talked for 45 minutes already. Um, but I'll end the recording and you and I, we can talk for a couple more minutes if you'd like and then uh, go from there. All right. Okay. Uh, for those still watching, uh, if you haven't already, follow David Bryan FC on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. All right. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks.